Hello everyone, welcome to the I Am Cannabis Sativa podcast. I'm your host, Dan Scotland. If you're currently a medical marijuana patient and want to tell your story and be featured on the podcast, feel free to email me at IamCannabisSativa at gmail.com. Feel free to hit me up on Instagram at IamCannabisSativa. Feel free to check out our official Twitter account at Pod. You can also find and subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, iTunes, Anchor FM, Overcast, Radio Public, TuneIn, Stitcher, and the Google Play Music Store. Please rate and review us on iTunes, as rating and reviewing us will bump up the pod on their algorithm and put this project in front of even more eyeballs. If you like what we are doing, please become a Patreon supporter of the podcast and support us. Supporting us helps us keep the lights on, pay rent, pay for hosting, equipment, and travel. You can do this by going to www.anchor.fm slash podcast slash support. You can also support me on Patreon at www.patreon.com slash podcast. You can support this podcast for as little as $1 a month. We also have a $5 tier if you are feeling extra generous. Howdy. Hey, how are you doing? Doing good. How about you? I'm doing good. I'm a little nervous, but I'm mostly okay. I think I'll be fine. I'm just, yeah, just working through my jitters, but I feel prepared and and I won't cuss, I promise. <laughs> I'll, I'll keep it very good. And um, I thought too, it's like I, I'll try not to lay into the Republicans too hard because I, you know, I want to give it mainly an upbeat tone and encourage people to, you know, contact and support the bill. And I saw some tips about, you know, contacting the committee members, thanking them, and I can throw that in there. And I've got the number handy, and um, I've got all my screenshots. So just um, however you want to proceed. And if I freeze up, I know you know enough. You know what you're doing, and you know enough about the topic. We can, you know. If I do get forgetful, it'll be okay. Yeah, no, no worries. Um, so, um, could you sort of like, if you if you're at liberty to sort of discuss this, could you sort of like like sort of give a little bit of a background as to a, a bit about what you're about, what 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 your aims are, um, what um, how you're trying to sort of go about um, act, cannabis activism in um, in in Kentucky, right? Yeah, um, you know, I got involved when I got involved in the Democratic Party doing my Twitter project um, that I used to do and just, you know, I've put that aside, but um, I helped Jason Maynard and some other people um, find out the Democrat um, reps and senators, the candidates and the ones who are already in office, find out, um, are you for medical marijuana? And most of them were pretty active on Twitter, and they responded publicly. So the ones that didn't and that they didn't have on their list as having a yes or a no or a not sure, I contacted them privately, and most came on board. Um, Over 80, 85% of the reps and um, pretty similar numbers for senators. So... um, But, you know, the Democratic Party has been very supportive and the Republican Party is, you know, they're picking up support. It's just been a slower process. So that's how I came to be involved. And I've contacted my senator 
for, this is the fourth year now regarding the issue. I held off on not contacting my rep because I didn't really know him that well. And it's such a conservative county and very fundamentalist religion. So I was honestly kind of scared. I'm like, am I going to get put on some kind of police watch list if I call for medical marijuana? And it took other people saying, no, that's not going to happen. You just need to call and voice your opinion of support. Just keep it simple. And, you know, if you choose to share your story, you can. Um, and I've shared a little bit of that sometimes at times. Um, so, you know, gradually I started feeling more comfortable and I contacted Representative Reed and I did get a postcard back from him, you know, thanking me. He's not for it. Um, I've not heard from my senator, unfortunately, but um, I became more comfortable um, as the year went on last year and sharing more of my medical story. And, you know, most people in the public are supportive. Um, and even the people that I've talked to who are conservative Republicans who initially are skeptical about it, once they understand, yes, the research is there, you know, no, this is not going to lead to a drug problem. And, you know, they're just, they're undereducated on the topic. So, and then once they can see also the people who know me personally, just the phenomenal gains I've made in regaining my physical health, um, they, they understand and they're supportive. I've not had anybody that I've opened up to say, oh, that's terrible. You shouldn't be doing that. You know, marijuana is dangerous. And, I've not had any pushback like that. So that's kind of, you know, and I've, I haven't paid as close attention this year until just recently because, you know, I've decided to leave behind that political project. Um, it was way too time consuming and I neglected a lot of, of things in my personal life. Um, there's great candidates out there. The Democrats in Kentucky are doing a lot of great things. Um, I really believe in them, but a lot of them can't win. It's, you know, it's an uphill battle and they have a hard time even just getting some basic common sense legislation they're proposing, getting that heard in Frankfurt. So I thought I'm shifting my personal goals. You know, I'm planning on going back to school, probably getting some part-time employment. Those things wouldn't have been possible this, this time last year. And you know, it's, I've only made those gains because of just minimal use of cannabis. And so that's kind of where I stand now on the topic. And, you know, I do try to keep up with it on Twitter um, and keep up with other activists. I've, you know, made some friends in the community. Um, haven't had a chance to meet those people in person because I was too sick to go to Frankfurt. Um, and right now it's just so much going on in my personal life and I'm not close to Frankfurt. So I don't think I will be able to get to the activism days. I don't have anybody locally who is interested in that cause. Unfortunately, everybody I know is out of town on social media. So, but I am following it and I'm keeping up with it. I'm making those calls and, you know, planning to contact the committee members, thank them for, hearing the legislation and, and doing their part to advance the issue and work toward getting medical marijuana passed. 
definitely. Um, it, and it really sort of highlights the point. Like, I mean, I sort of take for granted that, you know, being that I sort of live in a legal state, that a lot of people in, 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 in states where there's still prohibition, like they're afraid of even writing to their sort of Congress people because they're afraid that, you know, they may get, they may face like negative repercussions. They may be on some cop watch list and, or they, or they feel that, you know, their neighbors or, you know, people they know will frown upon it. Um, and it's right. really, in, yeah. And it's really sort of interesting how you sort of told your story and how, you know, you were afraid at first, but then when, when you told your story and when you wrote to your Congress people or your, your assembly people, they were, you know, they were pretty supportive, um, of, of, of how it has helped you. And it just, right. it just, it just sort of highlights how, you know, you, you just got to sort of make that first step and, you know, it's it's easier than you think it might be. Right. You know, I, I do think that holds people back, especially in counties like mine where you've got anti-cannabis, um, you know, representative and senator. People are scared. And when I went to the Kentuckians for Medical Marijuana, booth here at our local festival in September, there would be people who would pass by and they would look and they might, some of them might come back and they might pass by again and some of them would eventually come in, but um, people were afraid to even stop and look at the booth, you know, and it was just basic information. They had a big poster um, of, you know, the name of the organization, then the name of all kinds of health conditions that medical marijuana is useful for. They had information on how to contact your elected officials in Frankfurt to voice your support, just a simple postcard with, you know, I support medical marijuana for patient access and the phone number. So, you know, after I talked to, I initially just went to say thank you for all you've done you know, to work toward getting medical marijuana passed in Kentucky. They've been at this for several years. And um, and then I ended up stick, sticking around and helping talk to people. Um, and people opened up to me, you know, sharing their stories. Some people you would not even imagine, like rural men talking about very intimate health issues that and problems they'd had with pharmaceuticals that they didn't have with cannabis. But you know, and they were selling T-shirts just to basically cover the cost of, you know, traveling down here and um, the booth fees, things like that. They're, they're not out to make a profit. Um, and, you know, I knew one woman who I knew she used cannabis and so did her boyfriend. And she said to me in a hushed tone, she's like, where would you wear that shirt here around town? You know, and it was a very simple design of the state of Kentucky with cannabis leaves and a wheelchair um, a, you know, a stylized figure in a wheelchair with a cannabis leaf in the spoke of the chair and said, you know, Kentuckians for medicinal marijuana. So, you know, I've seen that. Are, um, I've seen yeah. that account on Twitter. Um, I, I like that logo. Yeah, it's a good logo. You know, it's it's very eye catching and distinctive, I think. And it's, you know, they've really worked hard to dispel the myth that, oh, marijuana is a bunch of stoner, hippies, party people. You know, it's like, no, people are sick. This plant will help sick people. And, you know, there's some, there's some um, kind of division 
among people who support it because the bill has to get watered down and, you know, home grow is just not going to happen right now in Kentucky. And there are people who are not pleased with that, but we have to make those concessions and accept a more tightly regulated bill right now because, you know, you have patients who cannot access it. They don't, you know, they can't get it or, you know, children with disorders like, you know, Dravet's. I have a friend who has um, a daughter with Dravet's syndrome, um, a rare epilepsy disorder. She was having to medicate her child on tubes of Valium, which still would not stop these seizures. I've seen testimony um, in Frankfurt of other parents with very sick children and, you know, they can't give cannabis to their children or they would risk having their children taken away. So, we have to have a tightly regulated bill because that's the only thing that has a chance of passing right now. And that would allow, you know, those people to treat their children and the people who really need this right now for medical conditions that pharmaceuticals just aren't cutting it, cutting it for them for whatever reason. And, you know, then work to, you know, in the following sessions, okay, then we're going to try home grow later on, you know, and I'm hoping, you know, with the, you know, the public opinion poll, it just keeps getting stronger. The last study showed a 90% approval rate in Kentucky. So the numbers keep going up consistently and with bipartisan support. So we will get there, you know, we will get home grow, I think, but it's just, it's not going to happen this time. So, you know, and there then there are people who are for recreational, and um, I do believe in recreational use. I don't call for those because of the fear of I don't want to get labeled as a stoner. You know, I'm using this in a very small amount medicinally, and I don't want to get labeled for that. I do talk to other people about it, but, um, you know, that has no chance, and some of those people, you know, too, are not happy with some of the tightly regulated measures in the medical bill. But, you know, it's it's a process, you know. So it will get there. It's just going to take some time. Yeah. Um, so there were like a number of bills that I've sort of read through. Um, um, so let's... So I mean I've read I've read through sort of HB one thirty six um, the I think the companion bill in the Senate SB one oh seven it looks like those perhaps have the best chance of of passing their sort of very sort of tightly regulated like um, there were a number of concerns I had about those two sort of of, of bills that I I mentioned um, like one of the one of the major concerns I have personally with it is that. Um, it, it, it has like, like, again, like you said, you have to make sort of concessions given the environment, but like it has this no smoking in, in public places and in front of kids. And again, like we don't have that with any other pharmaceutical, but, um, there are like, but like in a lot of States, even in all, in all the adult use States, you can't. Per, smoking in public is prohibited and i think nevada goes as far as to make it a misdemeanor if you do it and um 
the 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 thing that concerns me most is the one where it says that it can't be used on school grounds. You just talked about saw one with I think the vase syndrome or whatever. So like that parent's right. gonna have to come. That parent's got to pick up. Is gonna have to like leave. Like if they work like a if they work a a job where they don't have time off or they have to they have to leave their job, go to the kid's school. Go back home, administer the medicine, and then, and then they have to drop the kid back at school and then drive back home. Like that's my number. Right. That's probably the number one concern I have. But again, like you said, it's a process, and again, you might have to make those very tyrannical, in my opinion, um, concessions to get something through. And another sort of thing I had a concern with was the employers are permitted to discriminate against marijuana, medical marijuana users. But I mean, even in even in sort of states with more sort of liberalized laws um, like mine, like our state Supreme Court said that um, that they do they do have to sort of provide accommodation. But most states, even the blue states, are, are um, what's the name, at-will employment. So good luck proving that. They can just say, the employer right. can just be like, you know, they weren't a cultural fit. Like that's, like even though there's there's protection somewhat in my state, I I still face discrimination. And, and in a bunch of other states, that's the case. Um, so... Can you just sort of like walk walk us through those two bills and whether and are those the ones that have the best chance of passing? Um, I, I've read the other ones, but we'll we'll get back to those um, a little bit later in the okay. discussion. Yeah, um, those definitely are the ones with the best chances. Um, House Bill One Thirty Six is pretty much the same bill as last time, and last time that had fifty three co sponsors in the House, so you had. You know, over half of the House with bipartisan support, um, the lead author on that bill is Representative Jason Nemus, a Republican from Louisville. Um, John Sims, a Democrat, he's also one of the lead people on that again this time. Um, you know, pretty much all the Democrats are on board. You've got some other Republicans. So, um, you know, as you say, they are tightly controlled. Um, they do have in um, House Bill 136 a list of conditions um, and Jason Nemus wanted to have, you know, let the doctor decide as to the medical problem and whether cannabis should be used to treat that and not have a list of conditions, but they, um, they're not wanting to go for that, you know, so they put in a list of conditions and I think there is a section in there that would allow for a little bit more discretion. It doesn't have to be exactly, you know, that condition on the list. I think there are, are you know, um, issues that would touch for chronic pain, you know, muscle problems, um, things like that that are more general. Um, you know, it, the, the, main, the main problem is in the state Senate, um, you have the state leadership Senate who you've got some anti-cannabis people. So last time the bill, it barely got voted out of committee in the house right at the end of the session. It never came to the house floor for a vote. So the hearing, if I'm not mistaken for house bill 136 is on February the 12th. So that's coming up soon. Hopefully, you know, it will move better this time. Um, but the Senate is where, 
the roadblock is going to be. Um, and, you know, I did notice, like, on the Senate version of the bill, you do have some bipartisan people on that, too. Like, Senator Jimmy Higdon is one um, from Marion County. He's been a vocal cannabis supporter. His son wrote the book about the Cornbread Mafia. Um, so, um, you know, it is, it, both are bipartisan bills. Um, but from what I've been told by a trusted source, you know, saying that the House is not going to pass their bill if they don't think it will have a chance of passing the Senate, if the Senate's going to oppose it. So right now, there's, you know, I noticed a Courier Journal reporter, you know, expressing some concern as to whether the Senate leadership would pass it again, you know, if they would allow that this year. Um, the Stivers, the Senate president, is seems like he might be open to that this year, but it's really uncertain. You know, that's the unfortunate thing about these bills. There's just a lot of uncertainty still. You know, so many people have given just so much good testimony in all the past sessions, personal testimony. Um, doctors have testified, health professionals. You've had people testify on a wide range of health problems. Um, I've watched many of those testimonies. Everyone has done such an excellent job of advocating and you know that's hard in a state where we've got a high poverty rate and frankfurt is not easily accessible to a lot of lower income people and a lot of sick people to get there and to be able to be active so you know the state is spread quite far apart and um you know that's an issue so um but there have been you know more activists pop up and try to do things locally, um, you know, there have been some um, cities, even some small towns passed like the lower level ordinance um, arrest priority, um, LEPO, um, let's see what that stands for, um, lowest law enforcement priority ordinance. So, you know, Louisville has relaxed a lot. They're not going after cannabis anymore. The attorney there said, I'm not bothering with this. And there's been some other small towns where that has passed. Um, so, you know, I think with those measures of local support and getting relaxed coming in, that might help things along this time. Um, you know, just the general climate and the public perception, you know, is changing and the support is growing. So I'm hopeful, but yet I'm still guarded because, the Senate leadership is our biggest roadblock. You know, it's our biggest roadblock. The bill is pretty much the same in the House this year as it was last, and they've put together a lot of work to, you know, like we talked about, make concessions and try to appease law enforcement who, you know, they don't want smokable. So, you know, I'm... I'm hoping that I love how like law enforcement, I love how law enforcement is like, Oh, we don't make, we don't make the laws. We just enforce it. And then in, in a lot of States, they're like, Oh, well no smokable or, or no home girl. Like in, in neighboring New Hampshire, like they, they were testifying against home girl. Like the cop unions were literally doing that. Like, I love how that's, oh, no. the, yeah, I love how that's the case in all over the, the country. Like the cops are just, <laughs> usually against it even though they don't make the laws <laughs> right right and um 
Now, the one um, the one issue there's some debate on in terms of the medical issue about revenue um, that the GOP is saying a bill that will make a little bit of revenue is not going to pass. Um, House Bill 136, which is you know a GOP bill with Nemus as the sponsor, it includes a 12% excise tax right now. Um, but you know, you know you're going to be paying some tax, like a friend said. Just because it's not on your receipt doesn't mean you didn't pay it. You know, it's going to be added by the retailers. So there's got to be some kind of revenue generated because they have to find a rate to fund the program um, that is going to need to be in place to administer all of the medical marijuana. So, um, you know, it just depends on the other aspects of, you know, how many licenses are going to be given out, you know, along with the conditions um, that will make a patient eligible. Um, that's why there's a lot of uncertainty and why, you know, you may still see, you know, some changes happen in those bills. Um, so, you know, home grow and patient collectives, things like that, and like what other states have done, that would help. But, you know, like we said, it's just not going to happen right now, and you don't really hear anything being talked about about collectives, anything like that. A lot of people don't understand how they work, and to be honest, I don't know a lot about that myself because it's just not really an option for us right now. Um, the, you know, the condition um, that, you know, uh, Representative Nemus was wanting to let, let the doctor decide option, but... You know, they're wanting to add conditions, and my friend says that that could make the difference between 10,000 eligible patients and a million patients. So, you know, that's going to affect your revenue generation also, not your tax rate. Um, so, Stivers had mentioned on KET, you know, cancer-related nausea and multiple sclerosis. Well, those are only two, you know, so... You know, it just, yeah, it, it gets in, you know, it gets kind of sticky. They want to, some of the ones who are not so for it, they want to really put a lot of terms on it and play it really super safe. And, you know, so I don't know. You know, Kentucky could really use the revenue, the job creation, and, um, but, the poor people don't have the money. To, so I feel like, you know, they don't really, a lot of the GOP does not care, quite simply, you know. And the Democrats are in the minority. You know, the Republicans have a supermajority. So, you know, one shining grace is at least we did get rid of Matt Bevan. <laughs> flip flop back, you know, flip flop back and forth with cannabis. Some he would say some of the most ridiculous things about cannabis. Then he would say, "Okay, if it passes, I will sign it." You know, so he was just so inconsistent. And you know, Bashir will sign that if it passes. Um, so you know, that's that's one positive step. So you know, I'm hopeful, but I'm still. Um, you know, we don't have it in the bag. It's not gonna, it's not gonna be an easy thing, I don't think. So, um, you know, it's just there's so much to consider, so much. And um, but you know, all the advocates I think have done a stellar job, and 
and you know the the representatives and senators that are on board and and for it they've done a stellar job you know and there's you know it's it's gaining traction in the GOP I think that you know when they see public opinion shoot up to the numbers it is you know it was in the 80s now it's at 90 how can they continue to ignore that you know that's an overwhelming number of people I mean how many issues you hear that have like 90 percent support on you know and that's what we're at now in Kentucky so I think that they they have to start opening their eyes thinking okay if we do not do the will of the people we could get voted out you know like like we've talked about you know I think some um, some counties some areas a Democrat could not win it's just not going to happen um and uh, but you know if you had a pro cannabis Republican get in the race and primary some of these anti cannabis people, they could risk losing their seat. I think so. I don't know what the chances are of that, but you know I'm hoping that they start to see the writing on the wall as it affects them personally with their job. Thinking if we don't follow the will of the people, we cannot get elected again. So. That might be a good wake-up call at this point, you know. So, do you I'm think like so. so? Do do you think like methods like um sort of like like hardball methods like we talked about like like perhaps putting that billboard of the um the sort of the the recent study that was saying that over ninety percent of of people want um cannabis medical cannabis legal and up to fifty nine percent. Um, want it legal for for sort of medical purposes so do you think like bringing up that like study and like maybe renting out some billboards and in, in these sort of recalcitrant um uh and reluctant um lawmakers putting it in their district oh 90 percent of people in in your 90 percent of people in kentucky want medical to be legal and then they are having to drive by that every single day so do you think like if it like let's say let's say that it doesn't it, it it gets like it gets voted on and then it doesn't have enough votes to get to Bashir do you think something like that will have to be tried after that or like what 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 other yeah, yeah. I I think that I think that's a good strategy that's hard to ignore you know it puts it out there right there in your face um because a lot of people don't keep up with state politics, I think. And, you know, your local newspapers sometimes, some of them do a decent job on, you know, covering this issue, but a lot of them don't. So there are a lot of people who, you know, unless it affects you personally, it's not really an issue they think about. But I think when you show that kind of number, hey, 90% of the state wants medical marijuana. And if you had people not following, you know, a 90%, that's, you know, pretty much a mandate right there. If, it's if like I often, right, it's like I yeah, often I say on my, yeah, it's like I often say on my podcast, like, um, when, when you have a vast majority, like when you have at least two thirds of the, the population that wants something, at that point, the people are not asking you to do it. You're being told to do it. And right, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You know, the people have been telling them, hey, you know, let's do this, you know, and 
you know, the numbers in my mind, it's been, it's been large in the past. So, and it just keeps growing, but you know, I like say, I don't see anything about it in my local paper. Um, but you know, I come from a very small town, a very small weekly paper. Um, you just don't, you just don't see that. So, you know, some people who, you know, I didn't get contacted for that telephone poll. It was a survey um, done by Landline, I believe. So I don't know the sample of people, you know, they contacted. Um, you know, it, it's a trustworthy source. Um, and the numbers seem, you know, to stay pretty consistent with, you know, what I've heard in the past. It's growing, you know, it was it was getting in the 80s, I believe, you know, the last I heard. So I think if you put that those those that type of billboard in people's faces, that they're going to see that, you know, day after day, and you get that high number of traffic, and and those elected officials have to see, yeah, okay, we're holding this up. You're you're being held accountable, and if you had if you could get the you know the revenue raised, um, and I think you could because. Um, the medical marijuana people have done billboards to support House Bill 136. Um, they've taken out a few billboards across the state, um, you know, um, and um, they've had, they did have yard signs printed up last time. I think they decided against doing that again this time because, um, you know, people would steal the signs and things like that. So it wasn't the most effective strategy, but you know, I've seen signs for other causes in places like Louisville, you know, about public schools and other issues, Bernheim Forest, saving Bernheim Forest. So, you know, if you got, there's, the medical cannabis cause does have a lot of very passionate people and, you know, fundraise that and, and get those billboards up if it does not pass this time and, and get that out there in the face of the people where they're going to see it, you know, so um because you know a lot of people don't keep up with the major papers like the Courier journal and the lexington herald leaders so and they don't really keep up with you know some a lot of the reporters you know will talk about these issues online but a lot of people just don't pay attention but with a billboard that's in your face you're going to have to see that and you know then that would generate conversation also so I think that they're going to have to play hardball if it doesn't pass this time because, you know, last time with 53 co-sponsors in the House, bipartisan, you know, barely got out of committee, didn't get to the House floor for a vote. That's just ridiculous. They did not do the will of the people. And, you know, they made the concessions last time. So, you know, if it can't be done this time, I think they're going to have to resort to something like that because people are fed up. People are fed up, you know, so it's way past time. When you have, what, 33 other states having a medical program and, you know, you've got other conservative states doing this. So, you know, and when you see the numbers for the revenue generated and you the studies are out there and then you look at these states and you see, well, they're not having some crime spike or their teens are not getting hooked on marijuana. And, you know, the few unfounded fears that people have or, or those things they will use as an excuse, you know, I think all that can be debunked pretty quickly. You know, other states have done this and it's past time for Kentucky to catch up. So, yeah. 
Okay, so um, to sort of piggyback off that sort of question, we were we were talking earlier about you know the various groups and the various advocacy groups that have been pushing for cannabis. What what who are the major players, both you know in terms of politicians that have been favorable towards cannabis, as well as you know organizations such as like KY Normal or you know that um or the other organization you brought up as well too um what so like what what organizations can people outside of kentucky support okay for organizations i would suggest kentuckians for medical marijuana you can find them on twitter and facebook um that's the main medical cause um and they're the ones with the logo that show the canvas leaf in the wheelchair spoke um, you can, they're, they're very active on Facebook. They're not so active on Twitter. Um, and you will see them in the news. Um, the various, you know, newspapers and TV outlets have covered them in the news. Um, and, you know, there is Kentucky Normal. Um, if you're interested also in adult uses, there's a new group that has popped up, I think, just last year called My Right to Decide. And they are on Facebook. Um, so you can find them there. Those are the three that I would suggest. And um, if you know, if you're if you're out of state looking for groups to support, you know, all those groups could use some support. And you know, if you're in Kentucky, you know, look at those groups and see if there are any local chapters or local groups of people involved. Um, I know in Hardin County, there's you know, there's um, some active people and. They have stood outside on public square and held up signs and, you know, honk if you support cannabis. And they've they've really worked hard to raise awareness. Um, you know, they've kind of got a rep. They say they're kind of conservative, but they are, trust me, they are not even conservative compared to some of these little counties like I live in. So we see them as more, you know, there's a mall there, there's Target there. So... But, you know, so, and, you know, and there seems to be more and more people trying to work together and, and they do go around to like the medical marijuana people, they, um, they go to the towns, different fall festivals, things like that, and will set up booths to educate people. And, um, you know, some towns will not let them set up, but my town did, thankfully, they do try to target where you've got an anti-cannabis elected in your area so that, you know, they can rally people to make those calls to Frankfurt, you know, voice your support, contact your elected officials and let them know you support it. And, you know, if you feel comfortable doing so, you know, share your story too. I think that puts a human perspective on it. Um, You know, people who have not used it or if you've not faced serious illness, um, you just don't know a lot of times. And, um, you know, it's been a hurdle in overcoming that image of, oh, marijuana's, you know, just stoners or hippies or, you know, things like that. And the people involved in the medical cause are nothing like that whatsoever. You know, you've got professional people, you've got parents, you've got, you know, people of both parties, you know, it's not just Democrats. It's, you know, a lot of Republicans too, you know, third party people. Um, the public is real united. So those are ways that you can get involved if you want to get involved. But, 
you know, definitely everybody needs to contact Frankfurt. And I can um, give you that number if you like um, for people who may be listening. Um, yeah, that'd be great. Okay, the Kentucky LRC message line, and that number is 1-800-372-7181. Those people are phenomenally nice. They will ask your name, and if you're already in the system, they'll ask your town that pulls up your address. If not, just give them your address, and they ask you, who would you like to leave a message for, and just... You can tell them your representative's name and say, you know, I support HB 136 um, for medical marijuana for patients. That simple. And then, you know, for SB 107, the Senate bill, leave a message for your senator. I support SB 107 for medical marijuana. And if you want to add comments, you can. Um, And, you know, you can also find their email addresses, um, if you go online, let me see, um, let me pull up that website here. Um, I had that screenshot. Um, basically, if you, um, let's see here, it's appsapps.legislature.ky.gov. And that will take you to, and you can find your representatives, you can see the bills, you can see the order of the day, um, find out, you know, and keep track of the bill like, you know, okay, it's in committee now, when will it be heard, things like that. And and social media, you know, these groups, they do a good job, too, of keeping people in the loop very, uh, you know, very well. Um, and in terms of some of the people um, that have been helpful on, like, a Democratic Party, um, Al Gentry is one man who is a representative, and he has fought for disability rights. So I I really appreciate Al. Um, All of our African-American legislature um, elected officials in the state have been very good at being on board with this. Um, Charles Booker is one. He's also got a decrim bill, and he is seeking the Democratic nomination to be our person who will run against Mitch McConnell. So shout out to him too. He's a phenomenal man. And um, there's, you know, so many people who've worked hard. You know, I mentioned Jason Nemus before. He's worked really hard on this too. So, you know, it's picking up steam. And, um, uh, you know, there's a lot of good people working really hard. It would be hard to name them all off. But, you know, those are some that off the top of my head, um, and, you know, John Sims, Republican, he's the co-sponsor, too, and he was last time. Um, we lost one of the co-sponsors, a Republican woman from northern Kentucky. She decided to move, I believe, so she did not seek re-election, but, you know, pretty much the same people who were there last time, and um, so, you know, I think the number of co-sponsors this time is in the 40s, and there may pick up some more there's still time, you know, there's just a lot of uncertainty, but a lot of people working really hard, really hard on that. And Senator Jimmy Higdon, he's been good um, in the Senate. Uh, Morgan McGarvey's been good in the Senate. Perry Clark has been good in the Senate. He has been an advocate for cannabis use, you know, for years. Um, And in the House, um, Representative Cluster Howard has a recreational bill um, you know, recreational has no chance of passing in Kentucky right now, none. But, you know, those are the people who have helped along the way, um, some of them in particular. 
Definitely. Um, so it's amazing that there's a number of groups that are trying to move the ball forward in, in Kentucky and try to advance le- the, the cause of legalization in Kentucky. But we also have to like realize or we also have to like keep our eye on sort of sort of voting out the opponents of, of this. Um, could you sort of like like who are the, who are the major sort of opponents to to ca- to cannabis legalization or medical cannabis legalization or decriminalization and to sort of piggyback off that um which one of them this year um in in 2020 are up for re-election or have opponents that um are running against them that we could sort of boost what? Right. Um, well, I know that my senator has been anti in the past, David Gibbons, and he's not faced any opposition. Um, so he's not up for reelection soon. I think it might be next year. Um, and I'm pretty sure that Damon Thayer is still against. Um, he has blocked a lot of people on Twitter. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, he's very touchy about that. And he does have a Democratic opponent. I can't recall his name right offhand, but from what I recall, you know, he's talking about working class issues, um, very common sense guy. And um, so, you know, hopefully, you know, he could make a difference. Um, some of the others, um, I can't recall right off the bat. I kept up with it better last term, you know, in the past. And like I say, I'm kind of shifting my focus out of politics and toward getting back in school, um, doing, you know, and furthering my studies with writing. So I'm afraid that one's, I'm drawing a blank on that. I don't want to shout somebody out. And then it turns out that maybe their perception has changed. Um, so, you know, roughly, roughly you've got the Senate leadership, you know, and my representative Reed, he has been opposed in the past. Um, I know there's a representative, Kim Moser, She's been opposed, um, and she had, she blocked me on my old Twitter for standing up for veterans' access to cannabis and pointing out that the Nurses Association is for this, and she is a nurse, so she's not well liked either. I don't think she's not just blocked me, but um, I've even so, heard of her know. like up here, and like like I've like oh I my think gosh. like um like I've seen like maybe like like. Like, I think I've seen, like, clips of, like, people testifying or clips of her saying, like, anti-cannabis stuff. Like, I the, the name right. rings a bell. Right. You know, and some of these people have connections within the hemp industry. And the hemp industry is not wanting this to pass. So, that doesn't make sense to me because why not? I mean, why can't they just switch their crops over to medical marijuana? You know, I don't know a lot about hemp, but... Um, you know, so that's really unfortunate. You've got, you know, you've got the alcohol industry is vocal in this state and, um, you know, one in the past is like, oh, we'll just have a shot or two of bourbon. That'll relax you. Just use that instead of marijuana. And it's like, okay, come on. That's not effective for pain relief. You know, sick people cannot take alcohol and prescription medications. That's not an option. That's not safe, you know. Right. And like a, dr- like a drink or two is going to help your medical problems. You know, how is that going to help MS? How is that going to help you with seizures? You know, that could even be contraindicated. So, you know, and a lot of these who are anti, their lines are bogus. And people see through that. They know it's bogus. Um so, you know, and like 
the ones who are anti in the House previously, they have tried to pass a resolution, you know, to study medical marijuana. And they even fooled some people who keep up with politics. Um, you know, someone had put together a list of bills to call and support and resolutions to call and support and urge people to support that last time. I said, no, no, that's a decoy. They are saying we need a resolution to have more studies before we can pass it. They are not trying. They're not working toward the cause. It's a decoy to throw people off and make it look like, oh, we care. We're doing something. No, you're not. No, you're not. You're just, you know, that's a yeah. decoy. So, so, um, so in, in terms of like, um, so, so let's let's sort of get back to sort of like the legislative like 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 bills that have been sort of proposed. Um, we, I know we mentioned earlier in the interview about SB 107 and HB 136, but I've also read into the other ones um, that um, I mean. I mean, now that Illinois has sort of legalized, like they're going to, this whole decrim and this whole adult use, whether they want to look into it or whether they feel that they're ready or not, is going to be staring them in the face because people in Western Kentucky right. can just drive to Illinois to get their medicine. And the thing is, right. they can't pull over every single car that's going to Illinois. And it's going to use right. a lot of the police's resources where they could be cracking down on on real crimes like like rapes like murders like you know um right. heinous things like that um so i've read into a number of these sort of bills um i'd like i'd like um hb 148 um that looks sort that looks very good i see a lot of sort of provisions that yeah. would allow for collectives craft cannabis you know you know farmers to sort right. of lease their land even even they're not cannabis users themselves so people that could sort of that, that can grow so they can like lease their land out i guess in a in a sense right and um i see a number of bills i think um i saw hb 236 which will codify hemp laws into it, that would codify and strengthen the hemp industry, which is already pretty huge in Kentucky. And I've also looked into um, HB 221, which is to decriminalize. And it sort of remains right. to be seen, like you've said, that the House is more... Um, is more lenient but the senate is where where there's there's going to be barriers so it remains to be seen as to what how how far hb 221 will advance and 102 right. is hb 102 which i really feel like let's say hb 136 passes um 102 i feel is companion legislation that is needed because HB 136 allows right. discrimination, allows employers to discriminate, yeah. and um, HB 102 would 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 prevent that from happening. So, um, which out right. of the ones that's, that's that we talked, so which out of the ones that we talked about besides the besides HB 136, and uh, do do you think has a a chance, a realistic chance? Well, that one that you just mentioned, HB 102, um, relating to employment-related drug screens, that's sponsored by Representative Sims, who's, you know, one of the co-sponsors on the medical marijuana bill. So, you know, that one that one could have a chance. Um, it's, I don't know about HB 221, about the possession, the decriminalization, you know, 
that's Representative Booker, and he's in the minority as a Democrat. And this is just his, um, you know, he's a, a second term, I believe. So he's pretty new. So he may not be able to get that heard because, you know, even some of the more common sense issues, like not related to, you know, medical marijuana, but just other issues, bills that Democrats have proposed in the in the past, you think, oh, this is an excellent bill. They cannot even get heard a lot of times in committee. They get they get put in a committee where they're going to go nowhere, so they can't get to the floor, you know, to really, they can't really be heard, um, and it doesn't seem to matter if the public calls about it or not. I mean, it does matter, you know, definitely call about these bills, but public opinion does not seem to sway because the Republicans control the House and the Senate. And, you know, I think last session, Charles Booker, he was um, a co-sponsor on a bill about insulin and that passed, but, you know, he had a Republican co-sponsor. So a lot of these bills, I feel like they may not even get heard. You know, Um, Senate Bill 105 is, about the adult use with Senator Perry Clark, that won't get heard. Um, HB 148 that you talked about was the adult use in the House and the, the, the really good bill by Representative Cluster Howard, that's probably not gonna get heard either. It's got no chance. Um, so, you know, I'm looking down at these, you know, HB 236 relating to hemp and declaring an emergency um, that's sponsored by Coke. I'm not sure about that one, to be honest. Um, can you got, sort of um, like, um, can you pro- provide a bit more clarification on, on 236 if, if you're, if you're at liberty to do so? Because, um, is there like, yeah. is, because, um, I've, I've heard from like various, like I've read articles about this that like in Kentucky, the ha- smokable hemp is sort of is banned. But I remember having a conversation with Jason saying that like it's not really enforced. Like you could smoke hemp, like no one's going to like knock at your door, but it's like, but right. it is in the law that smokable hemp is illegal. Are there, is there, is, is that in, is, is there, is there clauses in, 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 th- in HB 230? Six to pertain to that, or, or, or do you well, are you not sure? Um, I'm not sure on that. I'm looking that up right now, and the sponsors are Coke, Beckler, Hale, Hart, Heath, Massey, Pratt, Prunty, and Shelton. Which, if I'm not mistaken, those are all Republicans. So, it um, what this has it's wanting to amend KRS to allow the Department of Agriculture to establish hemp testing procedures and then create a new section to set forth requirements for the transportation of hemp or hemp products. And then, you know, then just some, and it's marked as emergency. Um, So what I'm looking at the calendar, um, it's got a lot of movement. It's had a lot of action. Um, It's been, on the 4th, it was enrolled, signed by the president president of the Senate, enrolled, signed by the Speaker of the House, and delivered to the governor. On the 3rd, it was the House concurred and the Senate floor amendment. It passed 85 to 4. Um, you know, unfortunately, I don't, I don't really keep up with hemp. I don't really know a lot about hemp. So, you know, Jason is pretty much who I look to on those issues and he doesn't keep up with hemp as much as he does the medical marijuana and 
and the full legalization clause either. But that's, you know, that's the movement on that bill. So it has it has passed and delivered to the governor. Okay, so I have like two more sort of like major questions before we kind of wrap up. Um, so, okay, so to sort of piggyback off what we were talking about with like Illinois um, legalization and sort of the impact of that, like um, what what impact do you think that Ill- that legalization in Illinois, if any, is having on Kentucky? And do you think that there will be pressure? There will be pressure from, I mean, to pressure in Kentucky to at least to criminalize because, I mean, eventually the cost of doing business is going to catch up to the the police departments, to, you know, the state officials, um, state departments. Like, there's going to, like, they can't, again, they can't, they don't have the manpower physically to pull over every single car from Western right. Kentucky exactly. to Illinois. And we've seen, like, even in, like, like in Oregon, for example, like, the one, like, the there was, like, a border town in Oregon near Idaho that that pleaded with Oregon to not put any dispensaries near that area but then the but then you know that ban was lifted and and people from Idaho were coming into Oregon to get to get adult use like crazy and you know that town was making so much money i remember reading that article a couple months back um so what so do you think decrim is in 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 the future in the next few years because of Illinois or what what are your thoughts I I, I think you're right. Um, I think from what I've heard, I think that, you know, officially, like, say, you know, the police are against smokable marijuana. So, but from what I've heard, law enforcement has relaxed. They realize that, okay, people with a small amount of, you know, of possession of marijuana, they are not, they are not a problem, you know, for personal use. Um, so, you know, and if you're not committing another crime, if you're not being pulled over for some other reason, what I've always heard is you don't really have that much to worry about. If you've got a small amount of personal possession, you know, I don't know the exact quantity because I just don't do that. I don't take that chance. I only use it in my home. So, um, but, um, you know, so... I think the attitudes like that, it is relaxing because they realize it, like you say, it's a waste of money. They cannot possibly pull over everybody going to Illinois. You know, I've heard of some people going, um, you know, I know so many people who are struggling financially in this state, so they just can't afford to go to Illinois. You know, I don't know a lot of people in Western Kentucky, so, um, you know, I don't really know of a lot who have been personally. Um, so, but I think they're going to have to start looking at that, you know, and they see that we need these resources. Like, you know, I was kind of shocked. I had kind of stopped paying attention to like local news in terms of arrest records and things like that. But, you know, seeing people out in my town last fall at the medical marijuana booth, they were saying, yeah, meth is still a problem heroin's a problem and you know talking some more with some local people saying yeah you know i just heard on the local news the other day you know so many indictments handed down and they're mainly for meth and that's where the crime is coming in you know and um so 
I think law enforcement realizes that. So, you know, and and that's what that's what the public worries about. You know, crime being committed by people on meth are unpredictable. You know, that's that's a very serious thing. I know there was a human trafficking case by some people who were on meth. That was in my county, you know, three, three people got arrested for human trafficking. And, you know, come on, nobody involved in just a little personal use of marijuana is interested in doing crimes like human trafficking. They're not going out and committing crimes. They're not bothering other people, you know. So I think it's the, the attitude is shifting informally and um once they start seeing, yes, people are going to other states and getting this, um, I don't know how much that's going to happen because, you know, the price is so expensive and most people who want it, you know, they're going to take their chances and just get it locally. You know, I've known some people who have grown or they've tried to grow. Um, so, you know, like I said, I know a lot of people in poverty, a lot of people struggling. So, I don't know people with the means to, you know, make a trip to Illinois personally. So, um, but, you know, they just, they can't keep putting resources toward that. And I think if some groups, like we talked about on the other issue, if some groups want to press that and say, look, this is fiscally irresponsible to go after marijuana possession. It makes no sense when you need to go after hard drugs like meth heroin and the crimes that come from that, you know, and the neglect of children that occurs with when you have people on meth, things like that, that you don't see at all with marijuana. So if people started getting vocal about that, I can see that angle being effective for decrim. You know, it probably is not going to happen this time, but down the road, once we can get our, you know, restricted medical pass, and then I can see that as a chance to become a possibility to pass later on. Definitely. Um, so my, I guess my last question, um, and it, it ties back to sort of how we began the sort of interview and we began our discussion. Um, so like we talked about like sort of like off, 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 um, the podcast, um, about sort of like the rural urban divide in, 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 in Kentucky. Um, and and how 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 do you feel that that factors into sort of cannabis prohibition and how do you think what do you think they're sort of related and um what can be done to make cannabis be seen seen as more of a unifying issue rather than a left right or a urban rural issue and what can like my listeners in like because we know i i know that um places like south dakota are putting it on are on putting medical on the ballot i know mississippi they're going to have it on the ballot and i know that idaho is going to have it on the ballot so what are what are what are some ways to sort of bridge that sort of divide and to sort of make this be seen as hey this is this is getting people medicine this or even in states, even in those rural states that I mentioned, I think South Dakota has an adult use one on that's going to be in the same 2020 ballot. Like, what could be done to sort of just allay concerns and just make this seen as just a bipartisan unifying thing? 
Um, I think, um, like, if you look on Facebook and look up the Kentuckians for Medical Marijuana Facebook page, they're very active on there. And, you know, and a lot of the older people in conservative places, they do use Facebook to keep up with friends and family. So, you know, you can find that information there. Like I said, they do, they keep people updated. Uh, they do a very good job of, you know, simplifying the legislative process, telling people how to call, um, posting news stories. And, um, you know, if you, um, you know, there's been, you know, local stations and local papers, you know, do some more of those stories. And I would suggest, um, you know, just, just kind of, you know, Google that, see what's out there, you know, search medical marijuana in Kentucky. Um, you can find some of the news stories that have been done. Um, I think they've had some of the past testimony on YouTube in the past. Um, so, you know, if you look online, you can find that. Um, so it's out there. Um, I would say, you know, it would be the easiest for people who, like urban people, I would say, you know, suggest Facebook, you know, because that seems to be pretty popular still. And um, I think, you know, the support is out there. The rural people are just, you know, in conservative areas, they're afraid to talk about it a lot of times. But the more you talk about it, the more you share. You know, when, when I started reading, um, you know, a friend of mine went on the Lexington Area News, a veteran, and told his story about how he was able to decrease his, you know, really heavy pill use through the VA with use of cannabis. And so, you know, that normalizes it. You see an actual person who has benefited and you're like, you know, that's a real human being. They're not a stoner. They're not a hippie. That's a sick person. So those stories are out there. You know, I know that, um, you know, my friend Kristen with a daughter with Dravet, Shelby, they've spoken to the media. Um, there's been several stories done about them. Um, Robert Haley Conway, who ran for commissioner of agriculture, he had a friend going through breast cancer who did an ad for him. So, I think even know, um, Balvin, um, his, didn't his like nephew die of cancer and didn't that sort of tip the scales from him being so like, oh, it's evil to maybe like I'll sign that. it. Yeah, something like that. It seems it's very unfortunate that many of these anti-people have to have a wake-up moment of where it something affects somebody very close to them before they see the light. Yeah. And, it's, you know, unfortunately, that's what it takes for a lot of them, but so many people have shared their stories, you know, so I think more people are more people like myself are getting more comfortable talking about it. This time last year, I would not have even thought about going on a podcast about cannabis. You know, I would thought, no way. Are you kidding? I'm not talking about that on a podcast. So, you know, just in the past few months, I've gotten more comfortable sharing the details of my story. So I think that, you know, the more people who share their story, you get more comfortable knowing it's just regular people out there, sick people, many of us educated. You know, I was a professional before I had to quit work um, due to my physical health conditions. So, you know, and now with a little bit of use of cannabis, I'm regaining my health, thinking about going back to school, probably going to try to find some part-time employment, you know, with the end goal of becoming employed again as teaching writing that's my goal so um i think the more you hear just about regular people who can make phenomenal progress with cannabis who have had just so so luck 
or minimal luck with pharmaceuticals, the more you hear those stories, the more those stories are shared, you know, and share those stories on Facebook, share those among people you know, you know, share those posts from Kentuckians for Medical Marijuana and the individual advocates who are, you know, working across the state, um, you know, you can find them on there. And um, so share those, read those, you know, that's what I would encourage people to do. And just get that out there because the more people who open up and talk about it, you know, the public support is there. You're not really going to face much blowback, if any at all. I've really not faced any blowback. You know, I've been cautious, but then I started to talk about it more. I'm still kind of cautious. I still worry about it some because it is illegal. But, you know, I've not known anybody who uses it for medical purposes get in trouble in a long time so you know and um i've heard of you know a couple people growing it they were growing it for medicinal purposes and they got busted but they just they paid a fine they were in and out of the court system they paid it off it was done you know so that's kind of the worst case scenario i've heard you know if you're growing it you can get caught but one thing is um some lawyers in kentucky last year said to say if you have it in your possession and you do get pulled over, say it is hemp because by law they have to test it. It is cost prohibitive and they will not test it. So unless you're committing another crime, you're getting pulled over for something else, you really don't have to worry so much. You know, I've known people who say I smoke in my home. My neighbors know nobody has a problem with it. You know, you just have to use your judgment. But I think, you know, the public perception is becoming better and people are, people are getting educated, you know, more people do need to, you know, if there were some more user-friendly versions of some of these studies, I think that might help too, but just, you know, educated people can say, you know, look, these studies have been in major medical journals, you know, university studies, reputable sources, it's not like it's coming from some you know, just cannabis website online. So whenever I share studies with people, I make sure, okay, I'm getting this from a university website. I'm getting this from JAMA. I'm getting this from a reputable source. I don't just share, you know, cannabis websites with people to try to educate them, you know, unless they're already, you know, well-versed in the topic. And I always make sure to, what I'm sharing is accurate. And if I'm not sure on something, I always clarify, I don't know, you know, you might want to look into this further. So I think, you know, just sharing the information and, and doing that, you know, that's how we have to do that. Just, you know, get it out there and writing letters to your editor, if you feel comfortable doing that, um, you know, that's another option to write to your local newspaper um, and, you know, maybe contact some reporters to, if you want to share your story, um, right now in my county, I would not feel comfortable doing that right now because it's still very, very conservative, very strong religious element. So, you know, I'm making my progress, but, you know, there are people in other areas who might feel totally fine or they might, you know, I wouldn't mind sitting down with somebody, say, from the Career Journal, somebody like that, but... Locally, I'm still a little more cautious, you know. I, you know, I, I don't mind at all talking with you, but I'm still a little cautious on local. You know, I wouldn't, I would not get on my Facebook 
and tell local people everything about my story. So, yeah, yeah, I'm pretty you know. cautious too, even in the legal state. Like I'm, like I, I, I try my best to sort of bifurcate my sort of cannabis identity with my professional one because I still know employers are, are still against it. And like we said at the at the top of the podcast, that you know, like again, the vast majority of U.S. states are. Um, at will employment. So again, they don't, right. they'll just be like, oh, you weren't a cultural fit or something like that, or th- right. you didn't meet the demands of the job in some cockamamie way. They'll just, they'll just pull that excuse out of their, 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 um, nose or whatever. Um, so right. is there, is there anything else you want to sort of like plug? Um, I'll let you have the last word. Oh, well, thank you. Um, well, I, I have to plug, my presidential choice, um, Andrew Yang, and he is great, I think, on marijuana issues for legalizing marijuana. And his solutions, I feel like, are common sense, which would benefit rural people. And like we've talked about personally, um, you know, I think the Democrat, the National Democratic Party ignores a lot of rural voters, and that's a mistake. You can't do that. You're going to lose. So... You know, I like him a lot. He's my top choice. And, and I still like the progressive Democrats, too. But <clears throat> you know, I feel like just kind of in general, since it is, you know, marijuana legalization, you can't talk about it without talking about it in context of politics. Um, you know, that would be, I guess, my last point is that Google Andrew Yang. He is for legalizing cannabis, and he's got a lot of great common sense policies and you know, I keep up with the progressive candidates, too. So I'm hoping that, you know, pro-cannabis people nationally can make an impact. You know, when you have states like Kentucky that are struggling behind, you can't, it's so hard to get it done in the state. I'm hoping, you know, a change in leadership nationally and um, get some more progressive candidates, too, you know, in the Senate, in the House, um, get some more going on in the state governments that, you know, maybe that would make an impact um, in terms of marijuana legalization, you know, full legalization and decriminalization. So I guess that would be my last issue. And unless there's anything else um, you had to ask or had to add. Um, so like where could people find you on social media if you're willing to divulge that? Um, well, I'm not sure. Um, I want to say right now, I've started a new Twitter. I'm trying to stay away from politics because it got too toxic of an environment for me. Um, I do have a Twitter where I do share some of my writing, um, and I I do talk about Andrew Yang some. But um, I've thought about um, you know making a blog at some point. I don't know. I've got I've got too many more. I've got so many ideas and just not enough time to implement them all. Um, but um, people will find me interacting with you on Twitter. Um, I will say that I'm not that hard to find. Um, so, you know, I left my old political project. I've not quite wrapped it up. I'm still trying to follow some people from that account. It's just been time consuming. So, yeah, I just, I would still remain active and still keep up with, you know, I still support all these candidates in Kentucky who are really doing a good job. The Democratic Party has a lot of good candidates who are pro-medical marijuana and many of them, you know, pro-legalization too. You don't really 
hearing somebody talk about that because it, it just has no chance right now. But um, so I still remain interested in those causes. I'm just not committing as much time to them. So, and yeah, trying to move on with my writing goals and, and moving to the city and moving to Louisville will be a, a better environment. And they have very relaxed attitudes toward cannabis. So that's another thing to look forward to, you know, don't have to, you know, I could open up and share my story with a lot of people a lot more easily, I think, in that kind of environment. So. Definitely. So again, this is, it's been a pleasure having you on, on this podcast. Um, don't, don't be a stranger. Um, thank I, you so much. It's been great talking with you. Yeah. Thank you for taking the time out of your day to, to talk and um, be generous with your time. I really, really appreciate it. And I'm sure Likewise, that. Yeah, and I'm sure that my audience, um, you know, especially in states like Mississippi, I have, I, I have, I have audience all over the world. So, um, I'm sure. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So I'm sure people from all over the world can benefit from this. And um, as always, like I like to sign off with, with my show. Um, stay Medicaid, my friends. Um, peace out. Um, and and ciao. And and thank you very much for coming. Thank you so much. I've really enjoyed this a lot. And, and I want to become a patron of your show also. I'm financially strapped, but I do want to support you. So I'm going to be signing up for that. And I would encourage other people to do so as well, because I feel like you're doing a very valuable thing and getting good information out there to people. So thank you as well. Thank you so much. Not a problem. Um, so ha- have a good one and, um, and talk to you soon. Okay, I'll talk to you soon. Have a great day. You too. Bye-bye. So I do have one last thing that I wanted to address. Um, I wanted to shout out our friend and friend of the show, Reefer Revolution, for becoming a Patreon of the I Am Cannabis Sativa podcast. Um, I really appreciate any support and any patronage I get from anyone. And... Um, going forward, we'll either at the beginning of every episode or at the end of every episode, we're going to shout out every Patreon that makes this show possible and thank them for their support. If you want to be added to that list of names, you can become a Patreon at www.patreon.com slash IC Sativa podcast. And we would love to have you as Patreons to help support the podcast. Um, any money we get will be reinvested back into the podcast and we'll go towards um, hosting. We'll go towards, um, you know, equipment upgrades. We'll go towards going to 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 conferences and, and, and getting useful information for you guys and a whole house of other things. And again, we really appreciate any Patreons that we get or any support that we get. Um, shout out to Joey One Love for supporting us earlier. Again, we really appreciate the patronage. And um, so Joey One Love and 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 Free for Revolution, we're early patriot, we're early supporters of the podcast. Um, and again, we really appreciate any 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 help we get. Um, 
really pre- appreciate any donations we get. Again, any donations we get, it gets put back into hosting. It gets put back into running the podcast. Um, so again, thank you very much for, for being, becoming a Patreon reefer rev. Um, thank you for your previous donation. Um, Joey one love. And again, we will shout you guys out at every episode, um, either at the beginning of the episode or at the end of the episode. And this is like our dry run of doing this, but again, we'll either do it at the beginning or the end. I just haven't decided yet. So without further ado, here's the outro. If you find yourself coming around often to my podcast and want to support our humble little project, there are quite a few ways you could do so. Supporting us helps us keep the lights on, pay rent, pay for hosting, equipment, and travel. You can do this by going to https colon slash slash anchor dot fm slash I am Canvas Sativa podcast slash support. You can also support me now on Patreon at www.patreon.com slash IC Sativa podcast. You can support the podcast for as little as $1 a month. We also have a $5 and above tier if you are feeling extra generous. Additionally, if you wish to get in contact with us, you can leave a voice message on Anchor and you can do this by going to https colon slash slash anchor dot fm slash i am canvas sativa podcast and click the send voice message button and i may just play it on a future episode you can also call and leave a voice message at 617-466-9389 and i may just play it on a future episode feel free to join the ever expanding i am canvas sativa podcast planet on discord we yes we've got a discord channel and that discord channel can be found at https colon slash slash discord dot gg greg greg slash six five t g two n r again that is https colon slash slash discord dot gg slash six five t g two n r Feel free to check out Sequoia Organics for a great source of CBD and hemp-based products. You can check them out by the link https colon slash bit dot ly slash 33fkrv9. And you can enter the following coupon codes for extra discounts such as dog treat 20, tincture 20, 40 percent sign off ISO, 15 percent sign off CBD. And that applies to the entire store. And if you're in Northeast New England and you're in Eastern Massachusetts, especially, or, or um, Southern New Hampshire or Southern Maine, then you can get some great and inexpensive CBD flour delivered directly to your door very quickly. And you can do this by going to https colon slash slash shop dot Boston Empire dot com slash question mark ref equals d scotland and as always everyone stay medicated my friends peace out and ciao